Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Pamela Bentley. And I'm your other co-host, Kevin Spanston. In the studio today, we are very excited to have Curtis LeBlanc and Mallory Tater. Hi, thanks so much for having us. Great, great to be here. And as we discuss, we'd like you to start with a poem, so who's going to go first? I will go first. All right. Um, I'm going to read a poem from my forthcoming book. The book's called This Will Be Good. And this poem is called Witches. My mother once created fire for my sisters and me in a small field. It was my birthday, and that's all I wanted. Walking sticks carved into the faces of cranes bridged across her arms. Stem cedar thinning, bodies breaking, bright bark on beaked handles to mimic flaps of skin the birds used to move and mate. My mother chewed the insides of her cheeks, hated things she could not control, asked my sisters and me to stop speaking, laid the cranes down on rocks left from some other party, with a match to the local paper, lit up a place she hated. We crumpled newspaper, crumpled our own stories, held copper mugs above her fire. The cranes blackened to crows. You're all witches, she said. We recited Harry Potter spells and were the flames in her eyes, furiously young and wild and red. Someday we'd each turn blue, the hottest part. We'd flare and smoke away from her, leave a lifetime of pastures burn black for her to sift through and try to remember her own life. Thank you. Pyrotechnic poetics. <laughs> was it uh, was it a certain time? Well, it was obviously on your birthday, but is that a certain time of year? Was it near Halloween, or was it just the Harry Potter influence that had made you ask for that? Harry Potter influence, because it was about, my birthday's at the end of March. Oh, okay, <laughs> mine too. March twenty third. Nope. Oh. Close. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hear one from you, Curtis. Sure, absolutely. So I'm going to read a poem called Sociables. And this was in my um, Amsterdam Press chapbook um, that Kevin was mentioning earlier uh, called Good for Nothing. And it's in my forthcoming uh, Nightwood Editions title as well. Called uh, That book's called Little Wild. And that's coming out in the spring at the same time as Mallory's. Uh, so this is uh, called Sociables. I could have sworn I saw you, Mitch. Head shaved for the summer's big encore, September long. Riding the gummy wheels of your pool board down Fair Oaks Drive to Marina's house. Relish on your tank top, mustard dusting the corners of your mouth, arms tan the color of iced tea, and a burn on your hand from when you were given to dreaming with the roach in your mouth. You were a boy who wanted nothing more than to play red-hot chili peppers on the bass guitar. We never let you, stuck on the tired lines of boxcar and brown-eyed girl. And on your second shift, when the forklift tipped on a hairpin turn, you were riding the side like a boy might do. Mitch, 
You died as you lived, rolling a load on four wheels with no knowledge of the purpose. You, a kid crushed breathless in the warehouse of home hardware, working to afford chucks and spliffs and old English 800. Where we're from is like any place else. You've got to work to go to Peach Fest, smoke captains, play sociables. Was it enough? All the times we sat around a coffee table drawing up the rules. Boys drink, girls drink, beer fetcher, box head, and all of us promising we wouldn't break the circle. Wow, thank you. Thank you. So you said that the sociables. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. And I can tell sort of from the context of the mention in the poem, but tell me what it is. Yeah, it's a drinking game we used to play up. You know, you write a rule for every card and everyone draws a card and you go around the table like that. Oh. It's more like a, you know, it's like a time time killer type thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. A little less manual dexterity required than caps, which I'd, is what we mostly played to beer drinking games when I was... Yeah, I didn't really like it that much, to tell you the truth. Sociables or yeah, caps? Yeah, sociables. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever played caps. Why did you not like it? Uh, I like talking a little more. I feel like it was always a game that people would play when there wasn't like enough natural conversation. Like it was like, oh, it's kind of quiet in here. Let's play a game. And I was like, well, I like kind of just want to talk. Yeah. And sociables. Where did that name come from? Do you oh, know, or was it like no idea something that had existed with older brothers and sisters, like older yeah. siblings? And- yeah, it's just uh, what they called it in Edmonton, where I'm from. Yeah, they um, called it that in Ottawa too. When I was growing up, we used to play. And then some people call it King's Cup, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah. King's Cup. Oh, I thought maybe the sociables came from the you know, lunchables or something. Hmm. I think there's a cracker called sociables, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, like it involves cheese and crackers and playing cards and made-up rules. Yeah, and that's theater. right. But it wasn't so very sociable. Well, I and, guess it was. And you became a poet as a result. Yeah, this, exactly. This was <laughs> ultimate irony. That's how it happened. <laughs> so now, Mallory, you have a book coming out in March as well. Yes. Is it going to be out on your birthday? No, earlier. <laughs> Early birthday gift to myself. But uh, it's coming out with Book Thug Press. Okay. And I was going to ask if it was with the same press. So no, for the same presses. Around the same time, you're having books come out mm-hmm. with Book Thug and with yeah, Nightwood. Nightwood. Yeah. Nightwood. Wow. Cool. What is the name of the book? This Will Be Good. This Will Be Good. That's great. It's like, what's your book called? This Will Be Good. No, I'm asking you what your book's <laughs> called. <laughs> I think it's kind of like, cutesy for a first book. Oh, I ought to give this a try. Yeah. This might work. <laughs> the poetry is cu- cutesy or the title? The title. The poetry is not cutesy at all. Okay. It's very misleading. Okay. <laughs> well, that's intriguing. <laughs> Tell us more about that. Why is that? Why is it's not cutesy? Um, the work is really dark. It's about me writing, uh, looking back on mental health, sh- mental health issues that I had when I was in high school. So anxiety and anorexia and looking at what that landscape meant for me at the time. And about body image and the performance of femininity, gender roles talking about my family, or the speaker's family, I should say. I'm the speaker. It's all pretty much autobiographical. <laughs> so that's why it's a dark book. Okay. Okay. And um, how did you get to the point where you are having a book published? Like, did you just send in a manuscript? Was somebody encouraging you to do that? Like, what was the process of getting this published with books? Is it your first book? It's my first book. Okay. And uh, we, Curtis and I met in our MFA at UBC, and poetry was my thesis. So this book is actually a version of my thesis. I elongated it since then. So, you know, I wrote this book, and then my teacher, uh, who's also a great poet, Rhea Tregobov, said, you need to shop this around. I think it has major potential. And so I queried Book Thug, and they were very interested. So That's great. Yeah. 
Nice. And you two are a powerhouse couple <laughs> in that you not only both have books coming out, you're also helping other people. You're, you've started, or you're, you're members of a brand new chapbook press. Could you tell us about um, Rahali's Ghost and, and what does that mean as a title to a <laughs> chapbook press? Yeah, I'll pass this one to Mallory. She's got the whole origin story. So, <laughs> Well, um, so... Rahila is the name of my great-great-grandmother, and I'm really interested in genealogy. I want to write a second poetry book one day about my uh, matrilineal ancestry on my dad's side of the family, actually, which is um, a bunch of families came from Romania to Saskatchewan. And Curtis and I went on a road trip that was funded through travel grants at UBC, so Curtis could research his novel, which he's setting in Wilcox, Saskatchewan, and I could research my ancestors who were all buried at a cemetery in Dysart. Um, we couldn't find Rahila's body, or not body, grave, where it was supposed to be, and it was just very, it's very mystifying. I guess in the parish registry, she died at the age of 26 from, um, what was it called? Like unique circumstances. It's like oh. exceptional or something? Yeah, her death was exceptional. Huh. So that's to me, lingered with me. But while we were on that road trip, we said how much we would love to start a chapbook press together. Okay. So then, just because that's where we were when we had that kind of vision of this is something we want to do together, we decided to call it Rahila's Ghost Press because we never found out where she's actually buried. Were there any family stories about this exceptional? death did you know did, does anybody know how she died no one knows um my great aunt would be the only one with access to that information and she lives in toronto she she just uh yeah she has no idea either it's a mystery wow yeah hmm. and there are three titles coming out and for those of you listening at home these three chapbooks are glowing right now <laughs> in the recording studio here there did you take beautiful. a picture of them I took a picture. Oh, good. So you can yeah. look. We'll use it when we post for the show. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Look and listen. And um, could you tell us about, um, well, there are three, Normal Women by um, Megan Fenya Jones. And, well, I'll let you talk about the, the three. Sure, yeah. So Normal Women by Megan Fenya Jones. We have Bad Egg by Benny Zhao. And both of them are here in Vancouver. And then uh, we have The Tide by Jake Byrne. And he's in Montreal. Um and uh, yeah, just all poets that we really admired, and we wanted to publish their work, so we reached out sort of the, for the for the first round. Um, we felt it was important before we opened up submissions to I think get some books under our belt. We actually just opened submissions today, which is exciting for um, our spring books. But so so we talked to these three poets, all of whom we admired greatly, and just um, yeah asked if they would be willing to put their trust in us as sort of an unproven team. Um, the team is like we should say it's. Mallory and I, um, Mallory's the publisher and I'm the managing editor, but then Shazia Hafiz Ramji is our designer and publicist, and then we have Adele Barkley, Dominique Bernier-Cormier, Sean Robinson, and Selena Bowen all helping us edit the titles. So, hmm. yeah. And so when you came back from the road trip, they were at the welcome, welcome back party, <laughs> and you were like, hey guys, we've got an idea, or how did that evolve as a, as a group? Is it, would you say it's a collective? Very much so. But we slept, so the road trip was March 2016, so we slept on the idea for a while. And when did we decide to do this, in April or May this year? I think, wasn't it even longer than that? So was it 2016 or 2015? 
2016. 2016. Right. Yeah. I know it was yeah. in the spring because I saw when you uh, were, I saw kind of on social media when it was happening. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said I hadn't met you before, but I had heard of the Chapbook Press. So, and um, and I, I noticed it, I think Adele posted about it. And so I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we slept on the idea for a full year. Uh, we were both still in school working on our MFAs and time was at a premium. But then, so Mallory wrapped up in the winter and I wrapped up in the spring. Uh, and then we're like, I guess we can just we should just try and do this, and here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they look so beautiful. I'm so happy. They do. Mm-hmm. And Amy Fru, who's a really talented uh, cover artist, is she in Toronto, Curtis, or Montreal? Uh, she splits time uh, between. I think her. Uh, you know, I'm not even 100 percent possible. I want to say Toronto, but anyways, she's a friend a, of Adele. A friend of Adele who works for Penguin Random House did our cover designs, oh, okay. and that's why they look so good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Cross cross country talent has kind of come together. Yeah, that's nice. Absolutely. It makes it more of a pan Canadian. Uh, um, when you said that you got talking on this trip about wanting to start a chapbook press, what was the impetus behind that? What made you decide that? Well, you know, we're in the middle of our MFA, but we're going to start a chapbook press at some point. Um, it's been a dream of mine for a long time. I really find chapbooks like particularly beautiful, and I realized that there was kind of a need for a press in Vancouver. Like there are a couple of chapbook presses in Vancouver, but not that many. And I thought it would be a fun and like also challenging project for us to take on together. Mm-hmm. And through the MFA and through getting more connected to the community, we knew so we know so much talent and so much um, you know support for, and we knew we could access that through our great friends who came to help us to form this team so it was all pretty positive yeah there's a lot of people that you listed there (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a long list Mm -hmm. (laughs) well yeah we we wanted everyone on board and but you know everyone's just an absolute star and it makes it easier on us for sure Mm -hmm. when you say that they're all editing oh go ahead yeah i'm just curious if there are other chapbook presses out there across canada that you've seen as a kind of model or you're like oh those guys are really doing an amazing job we'd like to kind of you know, take a page out of their book, so to speak. Desert Pets. Oh. They're so great. <laughs> Desert Pets. Yeah, yes. Desert Pets Press. Yeah, Katrina Wright. Or, yeah, Katrina Wright. Um, yeah, who's been really supportive. We uh, had a good chat with her a few months ago when she was here. Yeah, yeah um, they do just these beautiful books. Absolutely check them out. Um, yeah, and, you know, I think I, I got into chat books a little bit. Just I wanted to publish a book, but I didn't have a full manuscript, and I was just sort of like, well, what can I do? And so I started sort of started investigating chapbook presses. And And is there any difference? I mean, obviously a chapbook is smaller than a full book of poetry, but is that the basic difference or is there some other essence or is there some, something else that kind of, that it has in its uniqueness? Mm, I think, I mean, I think one thing that we wanted to do was make beautiful books. Uh, There's something about chapbooks that's, they're beautiful art objects too, and so that 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 was that was one thing that we really wanted to accomplish with these titles. I always th- sort of think of chapbooks as like the EP of poetry. It's like the teaser. For the, <laughs> I love that analogy. It's, it's a really a good, good way to explain yeah. to people who don't know what chapbooks are. It's the seven inch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then people always ask you what that means. That word all right? the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now you both. You said you have two books. You have a new book coming out. And you already have one already out. Was yeah. that a chapbook? Yeah. So I have a chapbook. And did you publish that yourself? Or uh, I did it uh, with Anstruther Press in Toronto. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Jim Johnstone is the uh, publisher there. 
but you didn't but that was before you decided to start so you didn't you didn't want to do your own book as one of the first of the no i don't i think i mean part of what's great about it is getting to publish other voices that we really admire and we want people to read so mm-hmm. yeah how do you know these poets well adele we met a couple of years ago in the community at readings and so she's our uh, Sorry, Adele. Whoa, Megan. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, Adele's yeah. on your team. You yes. met her through. Okay, so but I'm thinking cool. about Megan. Um, I've yeah. known since undergrad, and um, so we saw her around, and she joined my poetry group in the living room that I have every other week, and so we got to I got to be reacquainted with her work. Yeah. So that was really cool. I think it was Dom who showed us Benny's work. Mm-hmm. Which we Dom, Dom was really excited about Benny's work, and a few of us had seen them read sort of around town and wanted to just reach out and then and adele brought us to jake actually yeah they were at band center together yeah uh, this summer um uh, okay well he was i think uh, i don't know if the tide was exactly what he was working on but it was certainly something that he had in the works it's a it's a long poem um and uh yeah adele pitched him the idea and he he was excited about it well that kind of leads me back to the question i was going to ask earlier which is you, you said you had there was about four or five names you listed as editors so do you have them to edit each book or do they bring poets to you or a combination so and a, a second part of this question is you said that you're now open to submissions so what's the process does somebody send you how many poems and then does that go to one of these editors and how does that work yeah so i guess um do you want to field this one no go ahead I'll okay jump in <laughs> Great, sure um yeah so um like i said when we first started up we didn't want to open up submissions because we really hadn't produced anything yet and we couldn't really tell people what their books would look like if they mm-hmm. wanted to do a book with us. So we reached out to these individuals and kind of hoped that they would <laughs> put their faith in us. Um, and then from there we went and asked who on our ed board has the time and feels connected to that work to coach the okay. author and help them out. So we kind of divided it up based on people's schedules. So yeah, so like Adele was super eager to take on Jake's because they had worked at BAM together. And Selena did Benny's. Mm-hmm. She did an excellent job on Benny's and um, Sean, Sean did Megan. That's right, Sean did Megan. Yeah, yeah he they, did a really good job. Yeah, they have sort of a similar style. I mean, not like completely overlapping, but they have some similarities there. So like yeah, It's the, nice when you have an editor that understands what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's really important to us is finding the right fit. Yeah. And then um, Dom will probably edit one of our spring 2018 books. So, so now the submissions come in. How mm-hmm. many poems? Uh, they're open now, so yeah. people yes. listening might want to send you. We've already gotten a couple just today. It's pretty yeah. exciting. It's exciting. And is yeah. it sent to your place directly, like in your? Uh, we're just doing emails. Electronic. Electronic. Oh, okay. yeah. Good. Good. So press at Can you spell that for people? R a h i l a s ghost press with no spaces or punctuation or anything at gmail.com. and it's also on our website, Rahila's Ghost Press. Dot com and we're all over the social media as well so awesome yes and how many poems do you want them to send you or they you just want to do a query first uh query is fine but also just to, if they want to send like a pdf and just let us uh read all that they have that's fine too um typically like up to 30 pages so anything from 15 to 30 is pretty good for a chat book and is there anything you're looking for in particular mm. um well we definitely 
What's a good fit with your well, with your press and your are, editors? We are prioritizing publishing um, women, people of color, LGBTQ uh, people, uh, indigenous writers, and any writers with a disability, um, because those are often voices that kind of get um, not ignored by any means, but um, they don't they often don't get raised up enough. So that's a big priority for us is diversity. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am just going to tell everybody that they're listening to Wax Poetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM, CFRO. And let's perhaps have another let's hear poem some, yeah, some from more each poems. of you. Yeah. Do you want to uh, do, do that first, Mallory? Okay, I will read a poem um, that's also included in This Will Be Good, and it's about my grandpa. All Things Wasting, Point Roberts, Washington. Wind blows ocean into our yard, and Grandpa buttons his jacket, says Brennan's own, let's burn the fence. That barely remembered German barnacles his throat. Storm will tear the pickets down, wood half rotten, and aren't we cold? Cabin pipes good and frozen, globe thistles, gunmetal blue, die on my shoelaces. Grandpa sucks a lucky strike, exhales bats and bats. Spiked wings fall from his lips, thread through my loosened teeth, snag on my gums, receded from grinding in sleep. Grandpa unearths our fence, a simple pulling of teeth. We snap each post against our knees, chip fangs tossed to the pit. We are ready for the feel of fire. The horses by the beach are starving. Grandpa knows the man who aged and tamed them, let livestock suck life slowly from him. King tides have flooded our street, have cured our fallen crab apples. We feed them to flames, all fence and fruit. And Grandpa looks so pleased, the scent of all things wasting. A boy who once hid in Steinheim fields stole asparagus shoots from farmers. The war was over, his mother widowed, grief turned to endless hunger. Sparks settle on the corners of Grandpa's mouth. Fence turned to ash. Next summer, we'll just build a new one. Hearing aids off, all sound in his lap. Neighbor's anxious flag, muted. Grandpa says, we have so much, and aren't we warm? Later, he falls asleep, and I watch two horses drink hopelessly. Their tongues push under rocks for crab meat. Sand fleas chew their spines as they spit their wild minds on sawtooth shells. Holy crap. I love that, and it's it feels to me like you're pummeling nostalgia mm. with these amazing images, <laughs> with the, the, these wonderful word choices, and it's just it's so beautifully relentless with language. That was really awesome. Yeah, that one feels like even when I'm reading it, like there's like like a beautiful aggression to it. Like I can feel <laughs> that undertone as I'm reading it. So that's kind of interesting. You said relentless. Yeah. Well, yeah, the language is really. That, yeah, you, you captured it well, Kevin. And it's it's they're stark too. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. describing very stark things. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if the horses lived, but it doesn't sound like they did by the end of the poem, yeah. right? So it's not looking good for the no, horses. No, it's not looking good for the horses. Now that's set in Point Roberts, mm-hmm. and you said you were from Ottawa. That's right. I'm and then Saskatchewan. Oh, so. what gives? Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. I'm just interested in how your grandfather was in Point Roberts. No, I know uh, geographically, my like childhood is, is kind of confusing because I was born in Vancouver. Actually, I moved to Ottawa when I was ten. Spent like. I, I consider myself from there because I have like the sharpest childhood memories from Ottawa. Oh, right. But my family kept uh, our cabin at Point Roberts, so we okay. go every summer back here. And is there a fence now? Yes, there is a fence. <laughs> we we built have, the we built the fence. We this built summer. the fence, and oh, the, nice. yes, we redid the fence this summer. Curtis was good help. 
awesome. out of old books of poetry. Yeah. From the past, like old, old books <laughs> old, from a hundred years ago that nobody Old hardcover books. <laughs> <laughs> Book fan. <laughs> Let's have one from you, Curtis. All right. All right. Um, okay, so this is called In Recognition of a Quarter Century of Contribution to UMA. They gave him a bad watercolor. Two men surveying a dirt road flanked by standing water and train tracks stretched thin to three red grain elevators, no longer in operation. The men stand behind their yellow tripods, measuring the distance between something and nothing. It is almost winter. Everything is dead or dying. The trees hold no leaves, the canola barbered down to stubble. For 25 years, my father has been assessing, with the precision of a person born into nothing, the unpaved road to something. I have watched him mark the milestones like the centimeter lines on a ruler, kneeling at the edge of the teak coffee table, raising the orange cat high above his split-level empire of Berber carpet and second-hand furniture. Nice. <laughs> I love it, and it, it's such an interesting um, look at kind of measurements, measurements of time, and thinking of generations too. Like, how do you measure up to your old man? Kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what his whole first book is. I about. have a lot of dad poems. <laughs> <on there. laughs> um, that watercolor is actually in Curtis's dad's like house in Edmonton, and it's such an ugly picture. <laughs> no, just... Does your dad love it? Uh, no, I don't. They he literally was just given. It was given to him after 25 yeah. years of service right. in this company. Shouldn't say ugly, just kind of cheesy. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not ugly. I just like. Does he hate it? Uh, he I don't it think up. he has much opinion about right. it. To tell you the truth, does it have a little plaque on it? Yeah, it's got 20... the. Yeah, because mm-hmm. while I was home for Christmas when I wrote that, I was like, I never noticed it before. I don't think, and I was just sort of looking at it. I'm like, what is this? Uh, yeah, it's like I don't know, like a picture of the things that you supposedly did for 25 years or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of it's about, complex. I guess it's sort of a bit about me thinking that he deserved more than that. Yeah, of course. So, and that is that one in the new the Nightwood book coming out with Nightwood, or is that from the first one? Uh, that one will be in both. Yeah, and that because you said the first book was about uh, my childhood as well. Yeah, yeah, so similar themes. Yeah, and the poem he just read was also shortlisted for Arc Poem of the Year. Oh, nice! Pretty cool. Yeah, a while ago, yeah. Yeah, a while ago. Twenty sixteen. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it still counts. Yeah. And what does Once. your dad think of the poems, or? Have you? Has he read? Oh, good these? question. Have you read them <laughs> to him? Yeah, he I, he's very flattered that I'm, I think I'm even writing about him. I mean, some, you know, sometimes it's like it can't all be positive or whatever. But he's I super admire my dad. So, oh. yeah, I think he helped to shape me a lot. So, has he read them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he he'll come to readings when I'm in Edmonton. Sometimes I get the chance to do a reading over there. So, yeah. Yeah, he's like he's my biggest fan, probably. So, oh, that's nice. Well, you said you'd read at the before we went on here. You said you'd read at the Edmonton Poetry Festival. Mm-hmm. I was asking you, but yeah, he was out of town for that one actually. But it was so nice. He had just gotten a new job. Some of his new coworkers came down from the office to watch me read. Wow, and, I didn't so know nice. at all, yeah. and to report back on yeah. your son. I thought that was very nice. It was nice. So. And what about your family, Rahila? I mean, I'm calling you Rahila now, <laughs> Mallory. That's cool. Mallory, yeah. Rahila, Rahila, <laughs> Mallory. Um, uh, my. Family. Do they do they know your poetry? Do they? Oh read yeah, it? yeah. Never. I've never worried about that. Um, which is good because I like tore off the bandaid by like showing my mom like poems I'd write in high school. You know, as angsty as they were. So I've never been like, you know, worried about what they think. Right. Um, they're also kind of like Curtis's parents, very supportive and very like complimentary. And um, 
And also, too, I've heard a lot of narratives of young writers whose parents discourage them from pursuing this path because it's not always super stable and, you know, doesn't make a lot of money. Or it can, but you have to be creative. And a lot of people, like, worry about their children becoming writers, I guess. But my parents were always just like, go for it. That's what you love to it. So I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, that's awesome. In yeah. some interview with the Canadian magazine some years back, Ken Babstock was asked if he would be happy to see his son grew up to become a poet and he was like no I'm going to do everything I can to discourage him <laughs> from Absolutely. being a poet and he wasn't being sarcastic no no, no. not at all huh but yeah it's uh, different mm-hmm. folks different strokes for different folks yeah. so is there anything we're almost out of time so is there anything else you want to tell people about what you have coming out or um, what is the name of your book again Curtis that's coming out uh, mine's called Little Wild Little Wild, and yours is? This Will Be Good. This Will Be Good. Um, so look for those. And, and also the chapbooks themselves. Yeah, the yeah. chapbooks themselves yeah. from Rahila's Ghost Press. Is there going to be a launch? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, let's let's plug the launch. Absolutely. <laughs> Wednesday, November 22nd at the Heatley, uh, which is uh, right by Astoria at East Hastings and, the, and Heatley. It's a great place for a yeah. launch. I like that space a lot. I love it lot. in there. Mm-hmm. Really nice food, too, and um, good vibes. So, like, we're going to have that around 8 o'clock, I think, on the Wednesday. Yeah. November 22nd. That's right. Nice. Yeah, and it's um, it's got a nice little stage, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. it's perfect for uh, poets standing up there mm-hmm. reading stuff. Oh, you did your pe- chapbook lunch there. I did my or book not lunch your book there. Lo- oh, book lunch. Yeah, way with back Elle. when. And it's a really beautiful, the mural is gorgeous. That's too, how I so know that it's a good nice, place for a nice uh, setting. Yeah, we, we a read a, uh, Ben Hertwig's launch when he launched uh, Slow Wars. Uh, there, so it was cool, great, yeah. And yeah, Jake and is actually flying out to be there from Montreal. Oh, nice. So yeah. all three so writers three will, will be read. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, and thank it, you so much. Oh, go ahead. oh, I was just gonna say, I think more than anything, like uh, grab the books because they're beautiful. Yeah, and, they uh, are. yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, the poetry is just amazing. So um, those will be available online shortly after the launch on the twenty second. Super. Nice. Thank you very much for being our guest yeah, thanks today. So thanks much. for having us. Curtis and Mallory. Um, my name is Pamela Bentley. And my name is Kevin Spenced. No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what? So what? So what?